Is it a hate crime to own a Bible? A worrying wave of political reform cloaked in the robes of social justice is gathering pace. Those that hold to the teachings of the Bible are under threat. Hello and welcome to another Bible in the news. This week the Scottish Government in the UK gave their initial backing to the general principles of a controversial new piece of legislation known as the Scottish Hate Crime Bill. A hate crime is, according to the BBC, quote, a criminal offence that is based on prejudice against a specific group of people. Scotland already has various laws in place that offer additional protection to people from crimes based on their disability, race, religion, sexual orientation and transgender identity. It means that crimes can be treated more seriously by the courts if the offender has shown malice and ill will towards the victim based on their membership or association with one of the protected groups." End quote. This on the surface may seem reasonable, however, the devil is in the detail and definitions and it's causing a bit of a row. Apparently the bill in its original form had suggested that hate speech could be claimed even if somebody had not intended to threaten or abuse someone. In other words, anything considered offensive would lead to a crime being committed. This, however, has thankfully been agreed to be revised. Another dangerous legal precedent the bill was proposed to have set is the idea of people not being able to say certain things in the privacy of their own homes, possibly paving the way, for example, for children to inform on their own parents for saying things against protected groups. On October the 28th, the Times ran a headline, quote, Hate Crime Bill. Hate talk in homes must be prosecuted, end quote. The article goes on to say, quote, Conversations over the dinner table that incite hatred must be prosecuted under Scotland's hate crime law, the Justice Secretary has said. Journalists and theatre directors should also face the courts if their work is deemed to deliberately stoke up prejudice. Humza Yousaf, the Secretary of Justice for Scotland, said, end quote. The concept of freedom of speech, then, is very much under scrutiny. The age-old phrase of sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is not something the woke modern world can seemingly cope with. Where would all this leave those who hold to the teachings of the Bible, which sets out God's views of morals, ethics, gender, sexuality and right and wrong? Back in July, in relation to this new bill, the Scotsman ran an article entitled, quote, Bishops fear owning a Bible could be hate crime offence under new Scots law, end quote. The article explains that, quote, the proposed new laws could render material such as the Bible as being inflammatory under the new provision, end quote. The BBC reported, quote, there were even concerns that proposed laws on possessing inflammatory material could potentially lead to libraries 
and bookshops being prosecuted for stocking books that are deemed to be offensive. This section of the bill would have covered people who have in their possession threatening abusive or insulting material with a view to communicating the material to another person, end quote. Thankfully, it seems from recent reports that this part of the bill is going to be revised or else the Christian idea of sharing beliefs from the Bible would, in fact, become illegal. This type of legal reform is not unusual, with other countries around the world seeking to improve their social justice and protect minority groups from prejudice. Holding biblical beliefs is indeed becoming more and more unpopular. Just last week, the Christian Institute, for example, reported that, quote, a video calling on the Church of England to uphold the Bible's teaching on biological sex, marriage and sexual ethics is being investigated by the police for a hate crime, end quote. Now, what we are seeing here is examples of cultural or neo-Marxism. Karl Marx was an economist who famously set out the ideology of communism, the main idea was the concept of a society structured upon the ideas of common ownership of the means of production and the absence of social classes. Most interestingly, Marx saw society and human history as the conflict between groups, the oppressors and the oppressed, the bourgeoisie who are own the means of production and the proletariat, labourers having no means of production of their own. He saw this mainly in economic terms, but as time has gone on, humanist and postmodern intellectual thinkers have evolved these ideas to include cultural groups, such as those of gender, race and sexual identity. These groups divide up society, not simply on the terms of wealth, but on the terms of perceived privilege. The outcome of this thinking can be seen in the global social justice movements of our time and in the new Scottish Bill. The key idea of Marxism is that those oppressors who have amassed wealth and power should have this dismantled and it should be redistributed to those who have been unfairly oppressed. The big enemy of communism is the idea of capitalism, which promoted individuality and the ability to accumulate wealth. Classical Marxism in the past did not end well for those who did not conform to its ideological concepts. Rather than dealing with people as individuals, it deals with groups. In the Marxist-fueled Russian Revolution 1917 to 1923, like in the French Revolution before that, in 1789 to 1799, what often determined one's fate before the firing squad was not one's personal view or intention, but the class of person you were perceived to belong to. The group. The emotive ideas of the feeling of unfairness and fighting for freedom light a fire in human nature which cannot be easily tamed or governed. Reason and logic are not encouraged when such a flame is lit. Freedom to think and say things against the ideology is not permitted. It's something one modern author calls 
the madness of crowds. The Western nations, and particularly the Protestant countries on the whole, rejected Marxist ideology. They embraced the concepts of dealing with people as individuals, and this was grounded in their religious worldviews, which taught personal and not collective responsibilities before God. Today, with the concepts and principles of religion rapidly in decline, we see the ideas of Marxism on the rise again. The humanist and postmodernist intelligentsia of the West see oppressors as being in cultural classes, the privileged white heterosexual male at the top. The concepts of the patriarchal family as taught in the Bible, which they say keep the privileged oppressor on high, need to be pulled down. People belonging to religious uh, religions that preach they have truth and have a view on morality which may offend oppressed groups are themselves part of the problem of systemic or structured oppression. The literature of these religions is, to this ideology, offensive and inflammatory. The legal systems are being weaponized against these perceived oppressors. To be a good person in this atheistic and humanistic world, all you have to do is to help champion these oppressed groups. Silence is considered as being part of the problem. Now all of this presents a challenge for believers in the Bible, especially because neo-Marxist, humanist and postmodern thinking is bombarding us. It's in our education systems, media and in our places of work. It pervades all parts of society. The Bible is at odds with humanism, as it claims there is a God who is higher than human authority. It is against postmodernism, as it teaches there is objective and not relative truth. The inspired scriptures of truth contain the framework of the divinely designed family. It speaks of gender and gender roles which the believer is to embrace in order to live out and learn godly principles in their lives. The Bible has a view on sexuality and morality, and it sets out what God considers as right and wrong. These biblical ethics are very much at odds with the atheistic and humanistic thinking of our day. The vast majority of society are not under, of course, the commands of Scripture. Nor do we expect them to be, for we believe this is a free choice. As Jesus teaches us, he that believeth and is baptised shall be saved. Of course, a believer in Jesus Christ in no way advocates abuse, violence or oppression in this present dispensation. As Jesus taught, do violence to no man, Luke 3.14. But the believer does value personal choice and individuality in following God in their lives. The believer in the scriptures does have a view on matters of morality which conflict with the Bible's teaching. Make no mistake, the humanist, frog-like spirit of neo-Marxism is a challenge. It's an ideology which is against the scriptures. It's a worldview which does not include any respect for God's righteousness, championing instead human thinking, identity and pride. What we are facing here 
is a battle for the mind. The question to all of us is, will we conform to the spirit of the age or will we listen to the Bible and choose God's ways? This is a free choice. What do the scriptures tell believers, though? Quote, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. End quote. Ephesians 4, 17 to 18. Quote, and be not conformed to this world or age, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. End quote. Romans 12, 2. Quote, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, end quote, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. And finally, a quote from the Lord Jesus Christ, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, end quote, Matthew 22, 37 to 38. So we as Bible believers watch and observe these things with concern. Thankfully, the Scottish bill will be revised, but it may not be long before the believer in the Bible finds themselves in conflict with the laws of the land that they live in. We seek to follow peace with all men, but we will not be conformed and we will maintain our biblical views on these matters and seek to live them out as best we can in our personal lives. As for God, says the psalmist in Psalm 18 verse 30, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord Yahweh is tried or proven. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. As one Gentile year then begins to draw to a close, may the Lord Jesus Christ soon return to the earth to establish God's kingdom and righteousness on the earth. Thank you for joining us once again for another Bible in the News.